Chicago lives up to its nickname, the Windy City. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time socks and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Michael, but you see that right hook? Ask AJ Brzezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook again. You can ask AJ Brzezinski that. I will. Yeah, that's gonna be that's such a podcast question. I uh, shut up. Jordan Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Rebay has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a world championship! And welcome to Windy City Sports Talk. I am your host, Brandon Combs, alongside my co-host, Ryan Fitzgibbons. We have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to be talking the Northwestern debacle. Is Pat Fitzgerald just a scapegoat? But before we get to all that stuff, if you missed any part of today's live broadcast, you can catch us now on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want to ask or talk about or questions, as long as it's not your brother again asking me about a quarterback that he likes from Notre Dame, which I've got like seven emails in our inbox about that. (laughs) If you want to talk to us, ask any questions, you can email us at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits at gmail.com. Man, oh man, has it been a crazy week. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, uh, especially here in the in the Combs household, for sure. Uh, you know, our father-in-law has been in the hospital since July 3rd. It's been a rough go for, for the family. Uh, had to have some surgery to remove a tumor from his brain. He is has upgraded and, and moved over to the, the rehab facility over there at Christ Hospital. So, Leroy... You're out there watching, man. We love you. Yep. We're with you. We know you love the show. So we hope we can bring some enjoyment and some laughter into your life. Uh, as I know you're having a rough time with things. So let's get to it, Fitzy, man. How how are things going? How was your fourth of July? It was pretty good, man. It was pretty damn good. You had you know, we were gonna uh we're going to have 4th of July together, but we couldn't, uh, unfortunately, yeah. like, uh, the show, the show's had a couple of hits, uh, from the Indeed. inception and now, yeah, no, it was great. Then we had a fits of Palooza, got with the family, bitched about the white socks a bunch, <laughs> getting old, which is getting very old. Uh, Can you do anything but bitch about the white socks yeah, at, at this point? No. Uh, but somehow they stay interesting and being so bad that they're interesting. They were interesting because Luis Robert was in the home run derby and then yeah. he got hurt in the home run derby and had to miss the all-star game, which is very typical What's White Sox baseball right now. The team that, well, Luis Robert last year, his vision was shaky and he missed right. like a week. Michelle says he's watching. Thanks, guys. She said I ain't crying. So um, no more crying. I mean, I would cry too if you had the if we were because we started out talking about the White Sox fit. So you did it. Yes, to exactly. You did it. To <laughs> oh, that's what I did. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> uh, 
yeah. <laughs> Probably why he's in the hospital. No. You know, funny um, story. We, we were in the hospital. Michelle, though, in, sure. in the the first time that uh, right before or right after his surgery, he was in the ICU and we were watching. Uh, we went there and we started watching the Cubs game. And it was the uh, the one where the Cubs uh, were Ian Happ threw out two two players at, at home. And uh, I jumped out of my seat, forgetting that I was in the intensive care unit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> completely scared the shit out of a couple of nurses. Um, and Leroy damn near pissed himself laughing. So <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things for, you know, with when you get yeah. to enjoy little moments like that still, you know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. You got to take what you can get there. I once was driving in garden homes, you know, that unincorporated area, like on the South side for people who don't know, (laughs) and it doesn't have curbs. It just has, you know, those, uh, you know, sewers that cut in. They're not even really sewers. They're just like hills. And I let go. Carlos Lee hit a grand slam against the Cubs to win it. I let go of the steering wheel. (laughs) Me and my cousin go nuts. And then we look back and there's nobody on the steering wheel of a Ford Escort. We went into one of those, you know, one of those ditches. Yeah. And luckily I got right back out really quickly. But (laughs) we always talked about it. And Carlos Lee was a Cub killer, even when he went to Milwaukee. But he was. Yeah. There were a lot of White Sox players that were Cub killers. AJ Pierzynski yeah. comes to mind. One of them. Yeah. Yep. AJ Pierzynski was AJ. one. I'm on our show already, a bastard. He's coming. He's coming. He's we're working on it. We'll we're still it. we're still talking. He still hits me up every once in a while. I still hit him up every once in a while. We'll get it done. He's just he's busy, you know. Yeah. He, he's he does this thing where he calls games and shit for Fox, so he's traveling all over the place. Yeah. And a podcast and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So while we were gone, baseball went on break. We're going to get to that in a little bit. There's been some excitement, I guess you could call, or some non-excitement, some some bad stories coming out of Evanston with Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald. What is your what's your take? on everything that you know because there's probably a lot of things we don't know yet that have not come out what is your take on everything that we do know and what are your feelings on it Uh, it's hard for me to say i mean like any american i want to have a knee-jerk reaction to everything and sometimes (laughs) i do and sometimes it's right but it's really and i wish i had something better for you than what i'm about to say but i just i don't know i mean i've read a lot of articles on it like even the the calls uh, for racism, I mean, yeah, I, I I guess some of that is racism. I've seen a lot of the word microaggression, which always kind of is one of my pet peeves. Because what the hell is a microaggression? I'm from the south side of Chicago. There's real aggression there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't get micro. I mean, I just don't understand what that is exactly. Uh, the hazing part, uh, I'd say the only thing about the hazing part and, you know, I, like I said, I, I just know what I've heard and read, but he's a sharp guy. I even haze anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this was happening recently too. Like after all the hazing scandals, it seems, you know, some of it seems weird <laughs> if it did go down that way. That is what I've heard it didn't. (laughs) I do work with a guy who was um, 
a backup quarterback for Northwestern football. He will stay anonymous during the Kafka era. <laughs> I can't. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't say much more than that, but um, uh, yeah, and he wants to stay anonymous. But he said none of it was was bad at all, and he was around in this era that there that a lot of them are talking about. Um, you know, um, without getting specific, and he said it wasn't that bad. It was totally voluntary, kind of like the letter that a lot of the teammates wrote. He said he never, he said, you know, it's football, 70 or 80% of the team uh, were ethnic, I guess, whatever you want to call it, minorities. Uh, and he said there was never, he never saw any any difference in the way anybody was treated there. Uh, now, this is one person, obviously a biased opinion, really like Pat Fitz, but um yeah, I mean, that that's just what he said. That's one source. Now, could the other things have been happening behind closed doors? I guess. Uh, I just, you know, I don't remember being there being this many hatchet jobs and people taking actual. Um, I can read some of the article that was in USA Today um, where they're actually happy that this is happening to another human being. Um, losing his job, doing all that, and like not really even getting specific in some of these articles saying that it was, uh, and I quote, and I'll tell the gentleman, gentleman's name. This is the article I read just the other day. Um, Mike Freeman uh, calling it, uh, what did he say? <sighs> Hardcore racism. Uh, I... I don't know about that. I mean, hardcore racism, that's a little far for me. Like I said, I don't want to belittle this. I don't really have a definite stance on it yet. Maybe I should have one, being that I, I, I co-host a sports talk show. But I don't think you should always have a knee-jerk reaction to something. I think some of it's overblown. Just like everything in, in our society these days, I think all of it's overblown. And just call it hardcore racism. Whew. That's somebody that does not not know the history of this country. Uh, this is America. If you're not knee jerk, you're not American. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing. And I usually am. Uh, but, you know, obviously the hazing, I think I, I think you got to be fired just for that, because if you're not smart enough to know you shouldn't be doing that anymore, then we'll see. I don't know if you could have a job. Here's here's my issue with with this. As Jeremiah Murray says, a reporter has a picture of a board in a locker room that said the Shrek list. And this there was this whole hand gesture thing. And supposedly this was all done by the players. And apparently Pat Fitzgerald got wind of what the hand gesture was and what it meant. And so anytime a player would mess up in practice, Pat Fitzgerald would throw up that hand signal to signify that, you know, this guy needs to be put on that list or whatever the case is. Pat Fitzgerald is the only one losing his job in this situation. Pat Fitzgerald is the one losing his job, losing his career, losing his credibility. And he's not the only one that knew about this. You can't tell me that the assistants who they decided to retain, all of them, didn't know about this. The players who they decided not to punish, who were doing this stuff, some of it, as you said, was like... Look, 
I I get that there's such things as sexual assault. I get that there's such things as people doing things that that they can't do. Yeah. But these are men going into a locker room lathering themselves up with soap in the shower and then some some guys forced to do a bear crawl and as you can imagine what is going on as they're soaped up what they're hitting them with to make them feel like he's going through a car wash like i don't know how you become the guy in the bear crawl unless you're okay with it yeah i can't imagine anybody is absolutely positively forcing you to run through this i don't believe that game you know uh, uh game time you know play time i don't think any of that was based off of whether or not you did the bear crawl during the naked car wash so my problem is, is that they're not going to punish the players yeah they're not they're not taking this away from the players they're not taking it away from the assistant coaches they're making it seem like Pat Fitzgerald was the guy who was like, like he was in the locker room blowing a whistle. Like he was in the locker room saying, you, you do this right now with, with like handcuffs and, and a baseball bat. And he was just forcing these guys to go through with it. Everybody that has come out and said that these things have happened, have all said that he never came into the locker room. It was their space. Now, look, Pat Fitzgerald's in a spot where he was going to get fired either way. Either A, you know about this and you deserve to be fired for knowing about it and letting it go on. Or B, you didn't know about this and you deserve to be fired for not knowing about this going on in your own locker room. I mean, so Pat Fitzgerald, I do agree, needed to be fired. Either way it went, he needed to be fired. Mm -hmm. Everybody else not being punished for this is kind of, to me what is going on in our country right now where we just, we want one person to pay for the actions of many. We want things to happen the way we, yeah, we, we want things to happen for, for whatever reason. The fact of the matter is these players have to be held accountable. These players need to be held accountable too. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I do believe, hey, you know, some good old-fashioned hazing is okay to a certain extent, right? Like, you can call anything hazing, to be honest with you. I mean, I count I, – I, when, when I got kids in Little League, if they come to practice and they're all sugared up from the day of, of school or whatever, and they're not listening at the beginning of practice, I make them run laps. They, you can consider that hazing. Yep. I consider that discipline. That, that So you can go to any level, and now all of a sudden – now all of a sudden we're throwing out racism. Oh well, now there was this, and and then there was that, and then well, what about this time, and and what about that time? We get to a point, and and I've only heard one person in all of media with the balls to talk about this at any point, and it was for a brief segment on ESPN during a basketball segment. In which J.J. Reddick decided to finally speak up and say, we need to stop creating narratives. We need to stop forcing stories that aren't there. Now, look, 
there are going to be some disgruntled players. There are going to be players that got cut. There are going to be players that felt like they deserved to have a chance to play over another player. They're going to think that they deserve more time. And now all of a sudden, what you've done is you've created a window of opportunity for all these players who felt like they didn't get their, their just dues and who didn't make it to the NFL or who didn't do this, who didn't do that to try to get a piece of the pie. And we do that in our society now that's just that's kind of the way that we operate like i've said it before within the next six to ten months we're going to see another police brutality video you know why because the elections are coming up Mm -hmm. and that's just it kind of goes round and round in circle it's what we do we we want somebody to pay i saw the perfect depiction of of what this scenario and and what our our country has come to and that was a picture of a guy underwater with just his hand out of the water with 15 people around with their camera phones recording it nobody in the water and that is a perfect a perfect image of what we have become as a society we want to be there we want i've I've listened to it all week on espn radio on 670 the score we we want there to be a story when they talk about this stuff, they say, don't tell me about, about the, you know, the couple of players that have come out and spoken in, in, you know, unison with Pat Fitzgerald saying that they didn't, they didn't encounter this. And, and you know, they didn't feel, you know, like they were racially scrutinized. Everybody's, everybody's, uh, you know, experience is different. Well, you're right. But how do you know that the couple that are coming forward are the ones telling the truth and the ones that are, are, are saying that it didn't happen aren't the ones telling the truth because we want there to be a problem. We want there to be a racial tension in this because it sells. It makes your radio show better. It makes your story better. It makes it more heated. It gets the people going and it gives you more calls and it gives you more attention. They want it to be. And we get to a point where we just can't sit on the middle of the fence and listen to both sides of the story. Do I think Pat Fitzgerald is in the wrong? Yes. I also believe the players are in the wrong. I also yeah. believe that there's a couple of butthurt players that didn't get playing time that, you know, decided to transfer who all of a sudden are blowing a whistle when nobody forced them to do the things that they decided to do. It was voluntary. And that's by every report I've heard that it was voluntary. Mm-hmm. You and chose that's what the guy to I work with said too, that it was completely voluntary because people would say, no, I'm not doing that. It would be fine. Yes. So to me, Pat Fitzgerald is a scapegoat. Pat Fitzgerald deserves to be fired. Don't get me wrong, but he's still the scapegoat. And the fact that he is the only one getting the blame for this. He is the only one getting the blame for us. He's the only one that is being punished for this. And him with his, his, you know, I heard uh, them talk about it uh, today on, on 670, the score talking about, you know, oh, he shouldn't be, shouldn't be filing a lawsuit to try to get, be getting paid. No, you need to still try to get your money. Yeah. Still try to get what, it, what you are guys. owed. Those especially are the same guys who would be filing a lawsuit right, right. away. Especially you know? if you believe the, the claims are false. If you 100% believe that you are in the right, you do what you got to do. Because we are supposed to be in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty. And we've gotten to the point where you are now guilty until proven innocent because of social media. There's a thin line between being a broadcaster and being a lawyer. Broadcaster is telling you they wouldn't sue. They're fucking dumb liars, and they should you should 
probably stop listening to them. Yes. The, I just don't get the hard calling it hardcore racism once. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, what do you, I, I, I don't get that part. Like, I, that's like, that's like somebody who thinks that nothing happened before the iPhone was invented. So for the people and that don't know this about country, the racism, the demonic glee that people have over this guy losing his job. Yeah. And, you know, there was some weird hazing going on. Uh, <laughs> touting Thomas Jackson. <laughs> if dry humping was a crime, I'd be in the supermax prison. Yeah. I, I, look, for those that don't know about the racism part, because we really didn't touch on that much, but what they're saying was racism was there was a story that I heard. I don't know if it's true, but the story that I heard was that, you know, black ball, black players were forced to eat watermelon off of the ground as part of punishment. There was another story about um, Hispanic players and, and black players were told to have the good old American look and they had to cut their their dreadlocks and their braids while white players were allowed to keep their long hair. I don't know how true that stuff is. If it is true, obviously that can be strewed as, as racism for sure. I mean, because you can't, if you're doing it to everybody, you can't call it racism because like we were talking about before the show, the Yankees do it. The White Sox used to do it. You have to be clean cut. You can't have long hair. You can't have this. You can't have that. But if you're only allowing a certain group to do it, then yes, that's, that would be, that would be called racism. Yeah, I, the the good the the good old American look. I I do know he tried to coin um, good old American fun, and he used to yes. say it after every victory because that's what this guy told me. And it just meant like, don't get too fucking drunk, and don't be a stupid college kid. Like, have you know, good clean American fun. I think is what he said. He tried to coin it too, and trademark it. Yeah, and he had a lot of little sayings. They said. I don't know how that's racist. So I don't know your stories. I'm like the eating the watermelon off the ground. I did try to look that up. I, I haven't heard any news story come out with that. I heard that today on the score. They were talking about today on the score, but at the well, same time, the, those same it's guys on the, on the score, they, they, it pissed me off. Look, I'm just going to call it out. It was Bernstein and Holmes and, and Bernstein's talking about, you know, uh, when I, when I was there, we, you know, when I went to school at Durham, it, it was a, uh, an old, an old tobacco town and it had become primarily black except for this one little island where there was nothing but privileged white people. And that is a term that drives me nuts. The whole privileged white. There are people in this world that are privileged, but is not limited to just white people Mm -hmm. just so we can stop saying privileged white because it drives me nuts because I'll tell you right now, did anybody ever tell Barry Bonds that he was a privileged black man since he came up from, from a a family that was in the major leagues and and he didn't have to work for anything in his life. And he, you know, became a superstar baseball player. Did anybody ever tell here's an even better one. How about Ray Lewis being privileged? That man was caught with a body in the trunk of his car. (laughs) And now he is the spokesperson for Black Lives Matter in the NFL because he says that brutality against young black men cannot be withstood. You were the freaking brutality against young black men. You had one in your trunk. So there are privileged people, but there are privileged people of all colors. Just yeah. because there are white people in an all-black town doesn't mean that they're privileged. Just because they are, and especially if they're in an old tobacco town in Durham, Carolina, they are probably working 9 to 5, 9 to 6, 10-hour shifts, doing what they got to do, going to the bar afterwards, coming back. 
home and, and going to bed and, and repeating process. It's probably a very, very white collar town. So that to me, if, if that's what you assume being privileged and the divorce rate is probably through the roof in a town like that as well. If you call that being privileged, then you don't know the meaning of the word privileged. You've got to stop and start having perspective that is just beyond what your agenda-driven rants are. And that's what drives me nuts sometimes when I'm listening to sports radio is when they get on these agenda-driven rants and you're just like, you make zero sense. You sound unintelligent right now. You're right. You can write the copy for it, too. It's it's not subversive. It's not, um, you know, um, it's not new breaking any kind of new ground. It's not groundbreaking. Uh, you could write their copy for them. I could tell you probably what Bernstein said without even listening to the show. And I actually like Bernstein. I think a I lot of too. people don't like him because he can be an asshole. And he's very nitpicky, but I, I like him a lot. I think he's really I listen to that show every day. A lot to the show, but I could tell you what he said about it. So he can go to all of his, you know, rich parties and, and say, oh, look at what I said on the radio. I defended racism because right. yeah that's everybody's for racism in this country like it's like what what are you defending anymore that's like saying like handicapped people should should have ramps like while he's smoking like, a cigar in a leather chair drinking yeah. on the finest liquor in the place talk about right. privileged you were one of those privileged people bernstein right exactly filthy rich <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's stupid when you hear stuff like that come out of guys, mouth, like I hate it when I hear it come out of Bernstein's mouth. I hated it when, and I said the same thing a long time ago when, when Ray Lewis came out and, you know, when the NFL decided to go all political and do the whole black lives matter thing and everybody take a knee, blah, blah, blah. And, and Ray Lewis came out to, to do it with the players that were on the field after he was already retired and he became the spokesperson. And I said, how can this guy be that spokesperson when people, how do people forget that the man had a body in his trunk? he had a buddy take the fall for him <laughs> like i like i don't get it yeah it's the nonsense that we deal with all the damn time the damn virtue signaling i can't take it anymore man where people are like yeah look i'm virtuous i'm against racism yes i'm against you know child pornography it's like obviously what the <laughs> i'm against kids getting shot okay good for you yes <laughs> i mean who isn't like what it's like like i said you're not breaking any new ground um and and i don't even know do you i mean and then you're telling hearsay stories just to pump up your base of listeners to yes. to, to pump up a base of a dying product which is radio let's face it it was dying when I was in radio 10 years ago. Yes. And, and people it, are like that poor kid outside saying, please, sir, may I have some more? Because <laughs> yeah. they're calling in and they're feeding into it and biting. And I'm just like, guys, you guys like just keep keep going. And I guarantee you that because they do screen all the calls when you call into a radio station, if you've ever called in a radio station, you know, they ask you, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to mm -hmm. ask? Yep. And then they decide whether or not to put you on the radio. I guarantee you any calls, like if I would have called with anything that I had just said in the last 10 minutes, I would have not have been put through to the radio no. because it didn't fit what they wanted to talk about. 
and and not and if some of these accusations are true, which it looks like some of them are, like I said, he deserved it just for being an idiot. Yeah. Uh, just because you the hazing thing, like people are so sensitive now, it's ridiculous. And that's another that's another topic we can get on. We could talk about this all day, but the sensitivity in this country of one person is offended or uncomfortable. You can't yes. do something anymore. If one person is uncomfortable, Dave Chappelle can't do a stand-up show. So now now, none of us can watch it. When they taught us about sexual harassment when I first got in the Marine Corps when I was 18, this is the way it was explained to me. They said, Combs, if you walk past a girl in, in the platoon that you think might be pretty, and you say, good morning, but you say it in a tone that to her suggests anything sexual, boom, sexual harassment. And that was in 1999. So wow, it's always been in the back of my head. You can't be comfortable with anything because at any point, somebody can determine that they can end your life. And that's the problem with that. I have with the Pat Fitzgerald side of it is that at any point, somebody was just like, you know what? He cut me. Screw this guy. Watch this. And people with these pictures, Jeremiah says, uh, you know, he had a picture of a, of a board in the locker room that said the Shrek list. Right. Well, let me show you something. Here's a picture that I have of Conor McGregor when he got knocked out by Dustin Poirier and he has a Packers shirt on. Do you think he had that Packers shirt on when he got knocked out by Dustin Poirier? He did not. But you know what? I photo cropped it on there. So I'm not one to say, hey, maybe Is that this when he broke true. his leg, by the way. Sorry. To no, no. That was the first roll. fight when he actually knocked him out. OK. Poye, Poye got him right on the chin. Yeah. He went night night. Um, <laughs> and, I'm, and look, I, I'm a Conor McGregor fan. I just he got he got knocked out that night. But and I immediately put a Packers shirt on it for for the, we had a show the next day for when I was doing man hour. I immediately put a Packers shirt on it because my co-host was a Packer fan. So I immediately, you know, went there because I think it was also the same weekend that the Packers got knocked out of the playoffs. So, but at any rate, Love it. I like the thing that bothers me about the, the Fitzgerald thing is that we, at any time, something that you say, like Fitz, if, if you and I get into an argument, say all of a sudden, you know, whatever reason, never happened. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't like you anymore. And you know what? Fuck this guy. I want to go ahead and, and tell your, your work that you touched me. Or you you said something racially suggestive to me, or up your butt, <laughs> right? You <laughs> don't. I, I could me. I could ruin your life just by accusing you of something, and it doesn't even have to be true. That's the thing that bothers me. How is it? And it's been said that nothing from this investigation from Northwestern changed from Friday when they gave him a two week week suspension. To today, nothing has changed in the investigation. The only thing that has changed is that it's become public. So the president of the university has gone from, all right, this only makes two weeks. Oh, wait, everybody knows about it? No, you're fired. Like, if you're making that type of type of, of decision. It's the Roger Goodell decision. Let's see how the people, oh. He punched his wife and then dragged her into the elevator. Maybe we should yes. a little bit longer. Yes. 
Oh, oh, he, oh, he kicked her and spit on her. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and and do. But even like we get to a point where, and, and it's going to happen. I guarantee you. Look, Pat Fitzgerald is going to lay low for one or two years. Then Pat Fitzgerald is going to be a coordinator somewhere. And then we're going to talk about it again. Does he deserve to be a coordinator? And he's going to be quiet still, and he's going to do his job, and he's going to be okay at it. And then he's going to go work in the He's got plenty of friends. He's very connected. Pat Fitzgerald is very connected in the NFL world. He's linked to NFL jobs all the time. Mm-hmm. He's going to end up as a coordinator somewhere, linebackers coach, something. It's going to happen. Look, uh, What's his name? Uh, Flores from the NFL. He sued the NFL. He's a coordinator right now. Gruden's suing the NFL. And Gruden is is now a uh, president of operations for the New Orleans Saints. Yep. <laughs> but nobody knows because they keep their mouth shut. And, and all that stuff is going to go away. And they're going to forget about it. Like, we've dealt with this a couple times in Chicago, most recently with the Kyle Beach thing, right? Cool. You know, and that Kyle Beach that thing. Was, when you... Wait, I mean, that's but, that's another thing is we have to dial it back a little bit. The Kyle Beach thing was way worse than this. Well, if the Kyle Beach thing was true. Well, the guy went on to molest a kid. That, that... Kyle, have you, have you, a kid is one thing. A kid is, is defenseless. A kid is, is impressionable. Kyle Beach was like 6'4", 220 pound hockey player. The doctor was like 5'7", 110. Do you think right now, Ryan Fitz, that if you wanted to go and try to sexually assault Kyle Beach, you could get away with it without getting your ass kicked? No. So how do you think that the doctor got away with it? That was, I'm not saying it's not true, and I'm not victim shaming, and I'm not doing any. But what I'm saying is, if you start actually looking at things from both sides of the fence, you might question the legitimacy of some of these things that you want to believe happened. How does a doctor who is five seven, maybe 110 pounds, soaking wet, sexually assault a six four, 210 pound hockey player who fights for a living? But you know what happened was they went into the playoffs that year. Kyle Beach had a couple of of healthy scratches, and now all of a sudden it's a thing. Same thing here in Northwestern. The kid chose to do it. He was it was supposedly it was optional. It was totally of your free will, and then all of a sudden you get cut from the team. Now you want to come out and say, oh, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. How do I believe that? How do I know that you're just not trying to do something to ruin somebody because you are pissed off in the moment? How do I know that you're just not trying to ruin somebody's career because you feel like they ruined yours? And the amount of time that you spend with somebody when you work with them and this is work like hard work that they're doing uh there's always something i mean i could get fired from my job tomorrow i mean i'm always making stupid comments and just to get more time to do the show yeah i would have a lot of fun (laughs) show would improve believe me uh or maybe not maybe it'd get worse but anyway um 
Yeah, I mean, when you spend that much time and you're working with that, especially in a locker room environment, I mean, you know this better than I. Yeah, there's always something that can go on that might have somebody like hurt feelings, now lose jobs and lose. And, and it's and it's getting worse. I mean, it really is in this country. It's getting way worse where if one person's feelings are hurt or one subsection of our society is hurt. I mean, there used to be in this country where you could offend 80% of the country and get away with it. There, the ACLU had a suit against uh, uh, four, and this is the ACLU that has defended racism, all that. Uh, the, um, I forgot what the Nazi movement was, but whatever, the neo-Nazi movement in the 70s wanted to do um, um, a walk through Skokie, Illinois which is predominantly Jewish, was way more predominantly Jewish then. They tried to stop them from doing it, from, from protesting, from having their little march, whatever. The ACLU came in and fought on the side of the neo-Nazis, who were probably like backed by maybe half of a percent of the country at that time. <laughs> you know, 99% of the country pissed off. But that's the point. That's the price of freedom, man. I mean, is you're going to piss people off sometimes and some people are going to be pissed off. So, yeah, at any time, you're right. At any time, you could take something that somebody did that might have hurt your feelings at the time. And now you're cut. And now, yeah, you can come out and say, oh, well, this was happening the whole time. Why didn't you come out when it was happening, dude? Because it only some some of these do get suspicious when it's when it's really not a giant deal. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like no one got killed. No one got severely hurt. Uh, I don't think anybody got raped. <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah, was it kind of weird? Yes. It's probably not anything I would want to do or even arrange to do, but nothing was that giant. And now it comes out years later and it's super bad. I, I just I can't connect to the dots on this thing. And maybe that's why I was uncertain when we first started the show. And I still am kind of uncertain. I I'm trying to read through the articles where the facts are, but you know, a lot of, and a lot of the, and it's our fault because we didn't pay for news for 10 years. So no one's taught on how to write a news story, but I can't find facts in half of these articles. Yeah. It's just opinions and, and what people think. And it's like, what are you referencing? And it's a microaggression. And it's like, well, what are you, what happened? Right. I don't know what happened. And then we talk about hearsay on the Bernstein and Holmes show. Like that's where I'm getting my news. I don't, I don't know. I've yeah. got a trusted news source. Right. Anymore. It's like, where are the facts? This, I used to, it used to be, I can read a news article and I'd have 90% of the facts on a story. Now you read a news article, you're like 10 paragraphs in, and there's not even one quote really. There's maybe one half of one quote. Yes. It's ridiculous. When I used to write for the newspaper, when I used to write in the sports section of the Laconia Citizen, I used to, in my first paragraph of a sports article, would have the final score and a brief summary of the game. And then every paragraph after that was a description of the game like how it went from inning to inning, how the game progressed, and if anything cool happened in between. Because in that first paragraph, you could determine whether or not you wanted to read the rest of the article to find out the news that you needed to know. Because everything you needed to know was in that first paragraph. Everything else was just because you wanted to know more. Yep. And, and that's what good writing does, right? They allow you to to, to 
determine whether or not you want to keep reading. And nine times out of 10, if you're interested in the story and you started reading the first paragraph anyway, you're going to keep reading. We, the things that drive me nuts about this story, the things that drive me nuts about our, our society in general is like it, it the two perfect scenarios I guess I could come up with is one, you know, people will tell you in one breath, you know, you don't know what it's like for for other people of other orientations because you're white. So what you're telling me is that my my race my race determines whether or not I know anything about other cultures. Isn't that exactly what you're fighting against <laughs> so you're this discrimination in itself another thing that we have in this country is people in, in political worlds because you know i'll never forget it, it cracked me up because i'm not a i'm look i'm not right wing i'm not left i'm not a trump guy and i'm not a biden guy i don't i think they're all assholes i think they're all stealing from us i, I think that our government needs yeah. a total overhaul but the when trump got elected Everybody on the right said, oh, it's fixed, blah, blah, blah. You, 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 they did something. They rigged the election. And the the left said, no, that's that's not that, that you can't rig. An, or, or I'm sorry, the right said, no, you can't rig an election. It's impossible. Then Biden got elected and the right said, oh, they rigged the election. And then the left said, oh, you can't rig an election. It's impossible. <laughs> and they were like, you're like you're four years removed from the same argument on opposite sides so unless a story fits your agenda then then it's a good story but if it doesn't fit your agenda all of a sudden it's not a good story and it's not worth not worth talking about or you leave stuff out to to bend it to your your ideology or the little box you're in so what they're leaving out in all of this is that nobody else is getting punished. There were so many other factors to this. Nobody else is getting punished except for Pat Fitzgerald. And it should start with the top down. It should start with the president. It should start with the AD. It should then trickle down into the assistants, and then it should trickle down into the players. This team should be suspended. This team should not have a football season this coming year, or at least not a relevant football season. They should not be able to play in a bowl game. They should get the death penalty, according to NCAA death penalties, what they always do, where you you stop yourself from going to bowl games for a certain amount of years. That's what should happen. And I don't know how we get this far without it happening. I don't get it. I don't know how we've gotten to this point without anybody bringing up this story on any other platform that I've listened to. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Houston Astros a little bit. Where yeah. none of those players got, and then Rob Manfred, well, I should have probably suspended Well, he gave them immunity. He was an idiot anyway. Manfred yeah. destroys the uh, game of baseball. I, I mean, but yeah, why aren't the players being, like, who did it? Why did they do it? You get suspended too. Like, like you, you said. Win someone was getting a bowl game. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing I thought, which which Jeremiah did check in a while ago with his record the last four years, three and nine, seven and two, three and nine. One and 11. That's the first thing I thought when I heard this over the weekend, because over the weekend it was, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's taking the hit, even though he didn't know about it. That's kind of guy he is traditionally. Uh, And yeah. And, but my first thought was like, I can't, whoa, he just signed a $57 million deal. Like, 
I thought they kind of sucked. Like I thought he might be on his way out. I know he was well respected and all that, but there's a lot of well respected. He's their guy. Nicka got fired from the Bears, like yeah. two seasons removed from being like eleven and five. I mean, but he's so. their guy. Like he's the chosen son of Northwestern. That's a, and then that's why. So to me, that's why the president chose last Friday to do this. That's why they did a Friday afternoon drop yes. on the story. Yep. Hey, that this is going to get swept under the rug through the weekend. You got all-star weekend. You got baseball coming up. You got all this stuff going on. Let's announce it now. Maybe it'll go away. And to the credit, man, give Northwestern media credit because their students are the one that broke this story. It was their their news on, on the Northwestern campus, their newspaper that broke this story. Yeah, that's sometimes that does happen on college campuses. Dude. It didn't at Penn State, but yeah, sometimes that happens on college campuses. Penn State's doing all right now, aren't they? Um, imagine, mm-hmm. imagine Ohio State doing this to to uh, Urban Meyer, you know, when he was there, or imagine um, uh, somebody doing this to Nick Saban. No, they they wouldn't not, make it well, off campus. Not. No. Nick Saban could strangle a puppy and they would, <laughs> they, they, would they would roll this story up and, and somebody's body would be found in a river. Nick Saban could strangle a puppy with an American flag. <laughs> and they wouldn't write it. And, they wouldn't write it. and he's a dick to everybody. Yeah. You know, like I and that's the I think that's the problem, Jeremiah, that we're why everybody's so upset is because every even the guy, people that I'm listening to on ESPN radio who who worked with him and interviewed him and, and were close to him all say, man, I can't believe this happened. I thought he was such a great guy. I've, I've heard, you know, people say, Oh, well, I I'm, I'm going to look at everybody differently now because I trusted this guy so much that I don't know who to trust now. Like, <laughs> like that's the things that that's, those are the things that I'm hearing. Like it's, it's another thing to me. That's another thing. To, it's like nothing ever happened before the iPhone was invented to some of these people, like even older people sometimes it's like, yeah. Did you, I mean, I don't want to, exp- to, to, but just some of the things that are happening in this country right now are, are, are just mind boggling. Like we never, like we never had a Senator McCarthy yes. who pointed out people that were in the communist party that never were. And then they got black, you know, blackballed for years, years, filmmakers, politicians, you know, Titans of business, like uh, just w- with no facts at all. Right. Right. And now we call it misinformation or a microaggression or hardcore racism because why he wanted them to have good American clean fun. I mean, I, I just don't see, you know, maybe if the hair things right. Yeah, that's that's racism. It is. Yeah, but it's not hardcore racism. You know, well, I mean, if you're forcing black players to eat watermelon off of a floor sidewalk yeah it i is. mean it's it that is. that would be racism like nowhere too. in this u.s today usa today article does he reference that and i don't see any article that does reference that but bernstein Holmes said it damn it yeah it must be true gotta be they true. heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy so you know what's always true fitz gibberish <laughs> fitz gibberish let's let's give these people some fitz gibberish and then let's move on to some sports and stop talking politics all right Yes, it's a strange Fitzgibberish day. It's a diatribe conspiracy in an island in the middle of unapologetic and sometimes inaccurate sports talk like the Bernstein and Holmes show. <laughs> <laughs> the geeks, dorks, losers, nerds, dweebs, etc. 
are winning. We're never getting hired by 670. <laughs> or even have won. They own all the tech firms that dominate the stock market and indeed the world. Mostly, I say it's about fucking time. Do you know one reason why? I am most times a fucking dork. <laughs> I read, I watch Star Trek, am a jijumbus, as my son would say, fan of the Twilight Zone, and yes, get excited when the new telescope, when a new telescope comes out so we can see more of the, the cosmos. Did you play something? Yeah, I was trying to share it on my phone and it just came up with volume. My bad. No, it's all right. That's what Fitzgerald is all about. Even my uh, niece, uh, Isabel, calls me Uncle Dork. So, Nerds, though, are usually conscientious, dutiful, and shall I say even chivalric. The only problem is when a lot of power is collected by a small group of ugly, would-be forever virgins, it does corrupt. Lord Acton said power tends to corrupt. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Lord Acton was a 19th century British historian, so you know he was a maximum dweeb. But he is right, because these losers have been corrupted. Absolutely. Fellow podcasters, uh, maybe we're not exactly fellow podcasters, but fellow podcasters are getting their podcasts taken off of YouTube all the time. Just one tech company that it's censoring itself, like a dad in his 40s who takes his family to Hooters. I don't, that's a thing now. Uh, Theo Vaughn got his two particular podcasts <laughs> the past weekend taken off of YouTube. One taken off with presidential hopeful Robert Francis Kennedy Jr., an Irish Catholic. He is, he is the nephew of the most powerful president in history. And what was the podcast about? Falconry. YouTube would not respond while they took it down, but maybe it was because RFK Jr. is critical of the pharmaceutical industry as a whole. I'm waving to my son. And <laughs> what was the podcast about? Yeah, I'm sorry. Same line. YouTube would not respond, though. Why? Uh, the same industry that has cracked the top five as the third leasing cause of death. That's the pharmaceutical industry. How dare he be critical of them? He is running on bringing the country together, fixing rundown healthcare industry, and getting corporate money out of politics. What a horrible pat platform to run on when RFK Jr. was supposed to come back on Vaughn's show. Vaughn could not allow him for fear of losing his livelihood. That's self-censorship. Another one of the podcasts that was taken down was with the ever-singular Roseanne Barr. I listened to the entire podcast, and the worst thing that was said was about Roseanne's torn-up coochie. <laughs> Usually, these podcasting giants, and they do outdraw most news organizations, are given a strike. Yes, three strikes, and you are out. You are not on YouTube ever again. And you cannot post for a week when you receive one of these strikes. YouTube's kind of like a drunk parent grounding their kid for having a drunk parent. Furthermore, if we were popular, I don't see one of my Fitzgerberishes that would be allowed to stay on YouTube. And that would really ruin Combs' day. <laughs> what does YouTube or the other media sites say when they do remove these episodes? It was misinformation. 
What a ridiculously blanketed term. If you're going to mess with someone's livelihood, you better get a hell of a lot more specific than that. I could say on this podcast that I have a 56-inch Python arms, and you could call that misinformation, but why don't you come over and measure them? Why don't you get a little bit more specific? What does this have to do with sports? Well, usually Fitzgerald's not much, but nothing is this country in this country is siloed anymore. We talked around the Super Bowl about how they went after Terry Bradshaw. Terry, Terry went after Teddy, Terry Bradshaw's head for daring to ask Andy Reid to waddle over. An obvious reference to, to Andy Reid being a walrus. And guess what? He looks like a goddamn walrus. He does. He does. And Terry Bradshaw, for Christ's sake, the guy's vanilla ice cream. And we were we were just talking right now about Pat Fitzgerald, all the hazing aside, who coined the phrase good, clean American fun, which some of his ex-players are calling racist. Why? No specific reason. We just want him gone. This same thing happened during, like I said, McCarthyism, where the senator could point a finger and say you're a communist with no proof or reasoning and you were blackballed and you probably lost your job too. How can sub- sub- subversiveness, <laughs> the very edge of new ideas, be freely discussed in this atmosphere? It can't. And when it can't, you don't have freedom. And with no freedom, you don't have democracy anymore. Without this free discussion, America will stop innovating. And you'll have the Bernstein and Home show. <laughs> and entertainment with a constant reference to, oh, that movie could never be made right now. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that before. How dare you tell me that? I'm an American, goddammit. And that used to stand for something in this world. Let freedom ring and give hope to the hopeless and all that crap that we say every 4th of July. It was supposed to be different, you bunch of losers. When the dorks took over, it was supposed to be different. I leave you tonight with a brilliant wrap-up by the last episode of Twilight Zone's first season titled The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street by the immortal genius Rod Serling, creator of the show, the guy talking with the cigarette. The plot of the episode is about a small neighborhood block who, when the power goes out, the townsfolk start singling out each other for being traitors, aliens, and monsters. When the lights come back on, it reveals who the real monsters were, the neighbors of Maple Street. This is the last line and the sum up of the episode. The tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. For the record, prejudices can kill, and suspicion can destroy, and a thoughtless, frightened search for a scapegoat has a fallout all of its own. For the children, and the children yet unborn. And the pity of it is, that these things cannot be confined to the Twilight Zone. And that's Fitzgerald, my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Only comment all day. (laughs) John says, dork. It's true. I look. There is a crazy amount of censorship. I've gone through it on Facebook plenty of times. I've been in Facebook jail 
countless times for the dumbest things. Um, I once I once got uh, a 30 day ban because on my birthday, my son posted happy birthday, dad. I love you with a bunch of pictures that he took without me knowing while we were on FaceTime at various angles and in bad positions. So I wrote, LOL, love you too, kid, but I'm going to kick your ass. And I got a 30 day ban for bullying. Wow. I told John, uh, John Fitzgibbons, who just checked in, that I was going to burn his house to the ground. And all they did was erase the comment. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I got a 30 day but ban. It's not just that. And like Rod, Rod Serling said, like that's how, uh, you know, civilization starts to crumble. And yeah. Is this, is pointing fingers at each other. It happened in, it happened in Russia too. Uh, yeah. you know, 50s, 60s, you'd point a guy out and they'd go into the gulag. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I, like I said, it happened in McCarthyism uh, before. And I'm, it, it's definitely happening now. And, and it's not just, like I said in the beginning of the show, it's not just that these people are getting fired or losing their jobs or whatever. It's also the, the demonic glee that people have over it. Like the, the, the sound bite for the whole Pat Fitzgerald thing is he should have been fired earlier. You shouldn't have waited two days. It's like, yeah. okay. Well, like, you, you remember guys like Don Imus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nappy headed hose. Yeah. Nappy headed hose. Well, who was the, the announcer who um, called, I think it was, I want to say it was Antonio Brown called him a thug. And it, it was because he he hit somebody from behind with his football helmet, called him a thug, and and then it turned into well he called him a thug because Antonio Brown is black. What? <laughs> like there there is so much wrong with censorship with the media, which is why I like the platform that we're on. You know we are you know and it says right in the moniker you can see right there on the bottom of the screen yeah. it says we're insane we're honest and we're profane. And that's the thing. Like we we see things from both sides of the fence, which is why I think that you and I get along so well. Is that we're not we're both pretty level headed for the most part when it comes to to being able to listen to both sides of a story, and, and then draw a conclusion as opposed to just jumping on something and kind of creating our own narrative. We don't post things on on social media just for clicks and likes. We don't you know, post, we don't talk nonsense. We don't talk about things that we can't back up and things that we don't believe in. You know what I mean? We're not out here creating, you know, uh, um, you know, lists and doing all sorts of things just for people to grab a hold of, you know, we're not creating stories about, about people having to eat watermelon off the ground just for people to call in and listen to our stories. That's just, that's not what we're about. We tell the truth, and I like being on this platform because nobody can tell us otherwise. And I mean, look, they, they might come up and be like, oh, you're too much on, on YouTube or whatever. All right, fine. Kick me off of YouTube. I'll find another platform to go on. We can go on Twitch. We can go on. You know yeah. what I mean? There's so many other platforms. That's the thing. These people are self-censoring himself. And even Theo Vaughn, I don't know if you listen to his show. He's just got such a, a freaking weird humor. But Don, speaking of humor, Don Rickles is rolling over in his grave, Jeremiah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and he's they're self censoring. You know, Tim Dillon's another guy who's really funny, and yeah. and they they pulled his stuff down. He couldn't post for a week, and this is how they make their money. So yeah. uh, you know, I'd have to think 
you know, having a family right now. If somehow this show blew up and, you know, what would my Fitzgibberish sound like then? Or what would my even comments sound like then? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we can get any bigger than where we already are, man. We're pretty big. People, people yeah. know us. You know what's funny is the other day I was actually talking with um, a neighbor a few houses down, and I, I went outside to go throw bags, and I threw the Cubs game up on the radio. Well, she could hear it from her yard, and she's like, oh, I heard an echo because she was listening to a Cubs game in her yard, and I didn't know it. Well, we get to talk and I go, oh, you know, I said, do you listen to sports talk radio? I said, because, you know, I do a podcast with, you know, with my buddy and we, we, you know, talk all all Chicago sports. She goes, oh, what's the name of it? And I told her and she goes, you know what? She she and she showed me the her friend had texted her a couple of days prior to that and said, hey, you need to listen to the show and check it out. So if people do listen. People are listening. People, uh, you know, yeah, do things <laughs> and, and and we we get you know, the, the, the interaction that I expect us to get, you know, we're not going to get the interaction from people that are listening to ESPN or six, seven to the score, just because they kind of align themselves with the agendas that are driven. That's why some people watch Fox. Some people watch CNN. Some people watch NBC. Some people watch WGN. They align themselves with the stories that they want to hear and the content that they want to hear. With us, we we kind of get the people that want to listen to the truth. They want to listen to people that enjoy the sports just as much as they do, and they remind us they we remind them of themselves sitting at the bar talking with their friends talking about sports. So, I, I like where we're at. I like the platform that we're on, and, and I like what we do. Speaking of what we do, we talk sports and baseball. Had an All Star weekend. I do like the festivities of All-Star Weekend. Um, I don't, I'm not so sure about the way that they did the draft, even though I texted you the other day and told mm-hmm. you I was watching the draft free show. And <laughs> I was watching all did sorts of things. The ones they, I thought the Sox got a pretty decent pick with the shortstop, but did you hear, yeah. not to cut you off, which I often do. <laughs> Usually it's me cutting you off. The Sox second rounder pick. Just had Tommy John surgery. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not ideal. Not but no, but you know a what? while ago, but he's basically going to be going in with, you know, coming off Tommy John surgery. In 2023, though, that's kind of where you're at. I mean, there there are people. I don't know if you've heard about it. There, there are kids in high school whose parents are forcing them to have the surgery, even though they don't need it. Because you usually don't do it, you usually don't get it again, and you usually Gio come Lito. back throwing harder. Yeah, Giolito, Kopech, uh, um, and Seesaw had the surgery when before they were even majors. I mean, there are some cases where you see that they do need it again. I mean, Mark Pryor <laughs> was one of those. I mean, the the kid from Washington, um, Strasburg, is another one where he just. I mean, they just couldn't stop tearing their elbows up yeah it's is there something wrong with mark Pryor? he's in he's in la now he's like a burnt candle he's he's like 50 he's 50 no he's not dude he was in his he was like 26 27 in 2000 dude it's 23 that's 20 years ago i'm looking up. so he's like okay so 47 he's close to 50 He's probably close to our age. 
Well, you look kind of. Well, me? You're the guy who looks like you have a scotch and a pack of smokes every hour. <laughs> I look fantastic. Yeah, for an old lesbian freaking gym is. teacher. That's how old Mark Pryor is. Born September 7th, 1980. He's 42 years young. He's, he's like a... <laughs> yeah, he's same age as me. Yeah. He's four years younger than you. <laughs> all right but anyway baseball had its its all-star weekend is the home run derby the last good all-star festivity in yeah. all of sports i don't know you got the jam contest I it's guess. terrible yeah the dunk contest is so watered down now, and it, it's so bad. And the only guys who play are usually come up from like the G League to play in the slam dunk contest. Yeah. The three point contest, maybe, maybe that's kind of fun, kind of fun but not to, like home run derby. No home run derby to me is, is the best. I, I do love NHL all-star weekend too. I do love the skills competition at NHL all-star weekend. Um, But maybe because I'm just a different breed of, sports nut i i i enjoy watching guys skate around the rink and see who's faster i enjoy watching guys try to shoot plates at the net like i enjoy that type of stuff wasn't i mean didn't there used to be like a certain amount of balls and there wasn't a time in home run derby like sometimes it just seems like jesus it's like three minutes four minutes of swinging and the guys have to like take a break yeah, dude. it's well, a little much it's like 41 home runs the one guy and it's like it, jesus they started that same reason why they started the pitch clock in baseball is they started that to kind of make it go by faster because the, the the home run derby was sometimes taking four four and a half five hours however I don't care about four and a half, five hours of a home run derby. Didn't it, any, you think anybody cared that this home run derby took three and a half hours, almost an hour longer than any nine inning game this year? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think no, a lot it was exciting. It worked. Yeah, I think it worked. Watching Julio Rodriguez hit 41 home runs that in was, the first round was insane. Blowing like the ball. He's not even winding up. No, that's his spray chart, too. I don't know if you saw the spray chart that they did before the all-star home run derby, which, again, the home run derby bracket reveal show. I also watched that. Um, yeah, I'm fucking I've got a disease. Um, so I the watching his spray chart during that was it was there was like two home runs, one to center and one to right. Everything else was a straight left. That's all he does is pull the ball. Yeah, I mean, he's half the player Robert is. I mean, half the player a lot of those guys are. I didn't. I mean, he's a two-war player. He's not very – he had, what, 12, 13 home runs? Yeah. He hit a little over 20 this year. Looks like a talented guy. I mean, and I think anybody would like to have him on the team on their team. But, yeah, you're right. He does. He's a pull hitter. He got hurt during the home run derby last year. Had a bad second half after that, too. <sighs> Luis Robert. But at least his team went to the playoffs. They did an x-ray. They say that they say he's day to day when they do an x-ray on the socks and they say a guy's day to day. He's He's out out for three months. months. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that wasn't there another player they said was day to day a while ago. Mankata. Mankata. Yeah. He just started his rehab. They said he was day to day 
I think it was June like second. Yeah. So he'll be back in a couple in about a week. So yeah, day to day or month to month, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that the White Sox organization is. Uh, well, let's talk about it real quick. White Sox Cubs were halfway through the season. Well, more than halfway through, but the, the All Star yeah. game is always a halfway point. What's your grade for both teams at the halfway point? I mean, I'm gonna say C for the Cubs, not a C plus. You know, I, okay. I I thought they'd be closer to 500 and over even. They put they play they've had some good stretches of ball and and I just think there's no nothing wrong with that you know they're just right where I thought they were mm-hmm. would be maybe a little bit a hair lower than that yeah um but the Sox isn't is there an F minus is there anything you can do below F minus is there anything below F well yeah it's complete collapse a complete and utter collapse the worst collapse of a team and yeah they've had injuries but. Not really a lot. I mean, their starting rotation has stayed somewhat healthy. Yeah. Rather than Clevenger, which who is who is fucking who, right. who wasn't going to be the holy grail of pitchers here. Right. Like, Cy Young was not walking through that door. Um, Jeremiah Murray says the Sox get a cue from me. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, I'm with you on the Cubs. I'm at a C. Um, I would not maybe a C plus in some aspects but I believe that they're they're just about where I thought that they would be to this point. They're they're five games under five hundred. They're uh, they're they're right in the thick of the race. I mean, they are they're seven games out, but it's not seven games in the central it could be made up in a week. Bad. You know, it's just such a bad. It is. It's a bad division. The, the Reds have been hot. They're not going to stay as hot as they have no. been. Um, the Brewers have been hot and cold. The Cubs are only six games behind the Brewers. You can you can catch up there. The reason why I would say maybe a C plus is because of how good their starting pitching has been. They have the best ERA among starting pitchers in all Major League Baseball as a team. So what about they, the bullpen? The bullpen's been atrocious. <laughs> God, they need so much at the trade deadline. If they come out of the gates hot in the second half, which they can because they play um, the Red Sox. They play the Cardinals twice. They play the White Sox. They can come out of that 13-game stretch before the trade deadline. They can come out of that thing 10-3, and 9-4. and four. They're going to be right in the thick of things. They're only going to be a couple games under 500, or if not back at 500, depending on where they're at and depending on what the Reds do and where the standings are at, they might make some moves. They need a third baseman. You can argue they might need a first baseman, <laughs> and they need some. They need some relief pitching. Um, they need two relief pitchers. Yeah, you need back end help for sure. Uh, you need a legit closer. Definitely. Homer's not doing it for you. I'll kill you. I don't. <laughs> I don't think, but to me, I just I don't know that they're going to get enough to be that team this year. I don't know that they should be going that hard after somebody this year, anyway. Um, for the White Sox, you asked if there was anything below an F. Yes, they've been expelled from my school. They they are that like I don't I, I'm not even going to think about them for the rest of the year. But... They are so. Bad. Howling Thomas, why did the Sox draft a shortstop when Timmy, when they already have Timmy? Well, Timmy, Timmy's gone by July thirty first. Yeah, Timmy's gone. They're not going to get a bunch for him, you know. Buy high, 
<laughs> buy high and sell low. Does that work in the stock? <laughs> I don't think that that works. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, it's a complete collapse. I don't see how they really, I mean, and they're saying there's four untouchables on the team. I don't see how you, you got to feel calls for every single player. I mean, you're probably not getting rid of Robert. He's probably the third or fourth best position player in, in, in the game right now. Yeah. Um, but everybody else can go if you, if you get the right price. Yeah. I mean, they've, they, the problem is, is that you got Kenny still doing it and Rick Hahn still doing um, yeah, it. Yeah. I don't and, trust them at all. Yeah. To do any of this. So, two things I want to get to before we get out of here. One, the MLBPA Players Association says that they want to tweak the pitch clock prior to the playoffs shocker give you some more time a couple extra seconds maybe five extra seconds in in the seventh inning and beyond with runners on base only with runners on base and commissioner as i use that term loosely the idiot rob manfred came out and said that it's probably not going to happen i don't like the idea of changing the game prior <laughs> to the playoffs <laughs> What about the focus groups? Then do you change what can we should, yeah. can we get uh, Theo Epstein's focus groups in here yeah. and uh you know all that like we're running a TV but a sitcom series in the 90s? Right. Let's get a focus group out. Yeah, and let's make the focus group primarily of people that do not watch what we are producing. Exactly. And that the disengagement rules still going to be there? Yeah. Like, so what the pitch clock I, should be changed by five or ten seconds in the in the regular season too. Like it, it's too quick. I said that in March when these rules came out. Did I not? That I don't know how they're going to do this when it comes to the playoffs. Because if you are in the ninth inning of a tie game with the bases loaded in October, game seven to decide who goes to the World Series or hell, who even decides to win the World Series. And your batter does not look at the pitcher with eight seconds to go. And he's called out on strikes and you lose the World Series. Everybody's every baseball fan in the world's head would explode. And Rob Manfred would love it. He is the only person in the world who thinks that this is good for the game. Do I agree that the pitch clock has shortened games do i believe that the rules that they have have implemented have changed the time of games yes i do do i believe that it's made a huge impact i do because i've seen some really bad pitch clock calls yeah i mean a pitcher and, and pitchers will use it to their advantage they won't even be on the rubber with eight seconds to go so you're not thinking that they're ready and so you're not getting ready and then it becomes a game. And then you get in the box with about 10 seconds to go, and you're just swinging the bat, but your head is still down, looking at your back, going back and forth, and you're not looking at the pitcher, still standing there, not on the rubber. You get called for a violation. It's bad. It's really bad. And it, it's too quick, too. I mean, it does, if, they'll change it next year. I, I just don't see them not. And you're right. If, if something happens, just the disengagement rule. The guy steals second and third to win the World Series, and then is you know, it's a sack fly in. Uh, it's gonna be weird. 
Or what about Ellie De La Cruz? Yeah. Still second, third, and home. Ooh, what what if your what if you have Ellie De La Cruz on first base in the ninth inning of a tie game and you throw over the first yeah, twice? Dude. Yeah. You might as well just let him put him on third. Yep. You might as well because you have you have no you have no options at that point. And to me, it's just bad baseball, especially in the playoffs. I said this before, it's going to be bad in the playoffs. It's going to be a bad look, and something bad is going to happen that's going to have us talking. It's going to have my blood boiling, and and it's it's bound to happen, and that's the, the direction that we're heading. And speaking of blood boiling, how bad is Major League umpiring? They had a lot of retirements, but I don't know if that should have mattered because the guys that retired suck too. But it's really bad. I've not seen so many pitches called this, uh, like just horseshit call after, like really bad. Like not this bad. I've never seen it this bad. I've never seen it this bad. And I've watched for a long time. I've never seen it this bad. I mean, just terrible calls. You know, the re- some of the replay calls don't make any sense. Sometimes it's like, no, he didn't tag. We can obviously see he tagged him before he hit the base. Well, it wasn't conclusive. Well, yeah, it was <laughs> or, or vice versa. It's like, oh, I, I, I don't know if they need to call NF, the NFL about their, their instant replay too, but the, the, the balls and strikes are just unbelievably horseshit. I we've, we've had this conversation on and and off the air and I, it's been bad for a long time i know you said that it hasn't been this bad it, it's it's been just as bad for a long time i mean you've not only the balls and strikes which are really bad and don't go by like for jeremiah and downey thomas and you guys probably already know this but for anybody listening in podcast form anything do not go by and i'm not talking about the batter's box that is on the TV screen when you're watching because they don't adjust that batter's box. No, they, they don't adjust that, that little box that sits in the center of the screen. If you actually watch that and a ball gets called the strike, that's three inches above the zone. Look at where the zone is at. Cause nine times out of 10, it's like shin to belt for most of these players. So, but then the problem is that you get one that's called three inches low when the boxes already at the shin that's yeah. a bad call <laughs> or the outside or outside or inside yes. i see a lot of that happening yes. it's in the you know it's a right-handed hitter it's in the left-handed batter's box yes like, what wow and, and you've got some really bad ones out there um alfonso marquez um you know you've got angel hernandez you've i mean you've got some really bad umpires out there and if i know your name as an umpire that's not a good thing no and these guys are out there and they're just and then the the bigger problem to me other than just the strike zone is how much authority major league baseball umpires have you cannot question anything about them without them throwing you out of the game and it's because they're bad at the job they're the ones that created the situation david ross the day before the all-star break on a sunday got thrown out on the first pitch of the game an umpire made a call. Did you throw him out? Did you throw him out of the game? No. An, an umpire made a call, and it was pretty bad. 
And he just said something. He said something from the dugout. He said, let's not do this all day. Let's not do this all day. And the umpire took off his mask, looked at Rossi, and tossed him. You can't, like, you can't do that as a major league umpire. And you shouldn't have the authority to do that. And I don't know how baseball changes it. I mean, we talked about the one time I was talking about the Cowboy Joe West when he ejected Big Poppy a few years back after his two balls just were really bad. And Poppy knew it was coming. And when the third one got called, that was really, really bad too. Poppy just threw his bat in his helmet and then Joe West rung him. And then Poppy got in Joe West's face and started yelling at him. And Joe West just smiled back at him. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, nothing. You can't touch me. There is nothing you can do. It was I think it was on it was on Saturday. No, it was during the Milwaukee series. There was a lot of bad calls. The, the umpire did not run the game really well. He allowed the Brewers to close the roof during the Cubs at bat. Cubs players were pissed. Milwaukee players were yelling at the ump about his zone. Everybody was upset during the game. And then Nico Horner's on first base in extra innings. And a ball gets called two to three inches out of the zone to um, Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson says something. And Nico Horner says something from first base. And then the umpire from first base comes around and starts saying something to Nico Horner. First base coach steps in his way and says, hey, don't tell And But he's so close to Nico. When he goes a step in between him and Nico, he accidentally bumps the umpire. And you see the umpire say, you just bumped me. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you yeah. are not like you. Baseball needs to do something and curb the people. It's doubting Thomas says Combs talking shit about Joe West. You cannot have that much authority and have no repercussions. There's got to be some sort of sliding scale. And there used to be all the way up until Angel Hernandez decided to sue the league because they were racist and wouldn't let him umpire in the playoffs. Well, you wouldn't let you umpire in the playoffs because you only get about 70% of your calls. Correct. 70% is really, really bad. They need to have some sort of, of scale that says, Hey, look, if you're not above 90, let's say 90%, even if you're not above 90% on your calls, you're you're sitting the next week of games. Yeah, they have to do something about it. I don't know if there's a shortage on umpires, but I, I'm guessing they make decent money. But yeah, they have way too much power. They always have. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, more power than in any other sport. Uh, something's got to change for sure. Jeremiah Murray says perhaps they should have a hot poker up their ass and cut their dicks off. <laughs> Perhaps they should. He as wants soon as to I put this hot poker in my ass, I'm going to chop my dick off. Yeah, maybe. I, they've got to do something. I mean, I've suggested to a sliding scale system based on your correct calls. If you are below 90%, you get below 90% of your paycheck. I bet you the calls will straighten up then. You start hitting people in the pockets. Yeah. All of a sudden, their stuff gets cleaned up. You know, I, I do it all the time with general contractors in my line of work. I say, hey, look, if, if I have to come back out here again because this isn't correct, it's going to be a $600 visit for me. Every time I have to come out to just check your work, it's going to be 600 bucks. All of a sudden, next time I come out, I, everything's correct. It hasn't been correct for three months, but it's correct now because they're going to hit you in your pockets. And 
they've got to do something. Baseball has got to tidy up their umpire situation 110%. And I just, Rob Manfred will never do it. He doesn't have the balls to do it. No. So. And he's a smug bastard. Yes. That's a story for a different time. Well, guys, this has been Windy City Sports Talk. Good times. My guy, Ryan Fitzgibbons. I am Brandon Combs. If you missed any part of today's broadcast, you can now catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or questions you want us to answer, you can email us at CombsAndFitz, all one word, CombsAndFitz at gmail.com. Hey, fucking minute. Fitzy, you want to send us out of here? All right. See you guys next week. We'll be in next Tuesday. So, and, uh, you know, link, like, and subscribe to the channel and comment. We need more commenters than Jeremiah Murray 